0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Alphabet Scoop, 9to5Google's weekly recap and discussion of the biggest, usually Google-related news. I'm Kyle Bradshaw, and I'm here, as always, with my colleague, Abner Lee. And uh, as I may have hinted, we aren't going to be talking too much about uh, Google News this week. Do you want to take us in a little bit, Abner?
1: Yes, yes. Yesterday, Monday, was WWDC, which is Apple's big developer conference, so, coming off the heels of, of Google I/O in May, uh, we thought it'd be nice to do a bit of recap on what the other big platforms are doing. So, jumping right in, it's iOS 17, um, which this year has more quality of life quality of life improvements, I would say, rather than anything major. Rather, rather, rather than a major rethink, which you can say the same for iOS, for Android 13, Android 14, excuse me. Now, I guess that's a Freudian slip. Yes, indeed. Um, in short, Android 14, like the biggest user-facing feature are lock screen clocks and customizations, um, lock screen shortcuts. It's So far, that's what we have. We're not sure if Google has more by the fall, but that's what we're up against, basically. And in comparison, iOS 17, has it looks the same, basically. It looks the same, there's no major changes on that front, but there are definitely some key features being introduced.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was how many of these features seem like they're directly lifted from Pixel phones. Not just Android, but, like, specifically Pixel. Uh, mm. The the big one, obviously, is Standby, which uh, basically gives the always-on display more functionality, uh, lifting directly from the pixel stand lifting from at a glance lifting from the pixel tablet really uh it's all about Mm -hmm. making the iphone oddly only the iphone i think i didn't see standby in the patch notes for ipad yes but making the iphone
1: just for iphone
0: making the iphone more useful when it's not directly in use though notably just like the pixel stand ui uh standby is only available while the phone is charging and charging sideways mm-hmm. at that. Yes,
1: at that. Um, I think Apple showed off a third-party dock that, um, that ravages MagSafe. Uh, but what the particularly interesting thing about Apple's approach, I would say, is how they're relying on widgets, how they're using widgets to basically supply the content and in that regard it there's a bit more developed third party developer option. Um so on the first party front you have weather, you have your calendar, you have photos, music controls, a pretty nice now playing UI. And on the third party front there's support for live activities. Um so the one example they gave was you can see where your Uber Eats or DoorDash order is. Um so it's just it's a mix between widgets and very large active notifications, which yeah that's pretty nice. Um we have to see what the Pixel tablets have mode. Um I think I don't know the idea of making every iPhone a smart display is an interesting one. But I just think the screen is a bit too limiting. It's too small to be... You need at least a minimum. Like the Nest Hub at 7 inches was already pushing it. It could could always be a little bit bigger. And so I don't know how iPhones... How that works for iPhones. But I guess if we want to talk more about the Pixel Tablet, this standby mode could very well be a precursor to Apple making their own smart display. And what would presumably be a more expensive smart display oh that. yes no there's no denying that every
0: single piece of apple hardware is going to be expensive that's just a, a given um yeah I, I think it. apple's hitting on some of the same things that the pixel tablet is hitting on though by being always available Like, you are going to have your iPhone with you. And if you work at a desk job, say, you might or probably already do have a dock charger sitting right there that you can just place it on. And then when you're working on your Mac or working on your PC, whatever, your phone can just be doing things in the background. Like you can be looking at, like you said, your Uber Eats order. You could just it would just be passively there for you. And I don't know. It. it, It looks like it's accomplishing a lot of the same goals as at-a-glance, but also using a lot of the same things that Android used to do with its ability to offer lock screen widgets.
1: Yeah, it's so you made an interesting distinction earlier in saying that you think Apple copied a lot of pixel features directly. The thing with pixel features, with at-a-glance, with the pixel stand, is that Google has never Opened it up to third parties in a meaningful way. Uh, Adagran's just added like ride sharing status, but that's not really. It's it's not an It's not something that. It's not really something that you can customize. It's not open um, to developers like uh, outside of direct no. partnerships with Google. Mm. Yeah, it's it's and it's text at more than anything. Is so text based, mm. you just get to display. A few lines of text and maybe an icon um apple took a long time to make an aod and but as seen with the widgets it's it looks they, they haven't their developer community has slightly better adoption and that's that would be nice if google did something but the pixel is not it's not even all of Android.
0: Right. So I don't know. I, th- I think that's what Apple's doing the best is just leveraging the existing developer community. Like we'll we'll get into it toward the end of the podcast with the thing that everybody wants to talk about. But everything that Apple or most of the things that Apple did today, leverage existing technologies that developers are using to just make it easy for these things like, oh, your app already has a live activity. Great. Now it's in standby. It, it's easy, mm-hmm. like a snap. I Obvious almost.
1: Yeah yeah it's obvious so speaking of widgets they're doing interactive widgets which i honestly thought was already a feature um especially something like reminders uh but no it's a new feature the ability to check and check uh, a reminder say or to place a, a a widget for a specific smart home device like lights so we can tap it on and off um, that's useful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, um, I've used like a to-do list and grocery list stuff,
0: and not even opened the app, just check boxes right from my home screen. So, yeah, it was surprising to learn that that was mm-hmm. a new feature. That that one caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else uh, stood out to you. Uh, I think another one, another. <laughs> directly copied from pixel and yet majorly made apple's own is a live voicemail as they called it or as pixel fans know is call screen um i i think that apple is doing the cool thing here which is that you it's, it's not um it's not sterile. Like, the the Google Assistant call screen is so sterile. You, it, it, Google reads through its script and talks to the person at the other end of the line and figures out whether or not they're spam, which 99% of the time, it's spam. This is not just about filtering out spam. It's about giving an opportunity for your incoming call to have a sense of expressiveness, because it's not just oh let me send this to voicemail it's also changing the way that you appear when
1: you call somebody yeah that that is feels like such an expansion of iMessage or of that ecosystem of that identity that you have um with an iMessage number that feels like such a natural extension of that and that is just a such a big lock-in potential, a further lock-in potential um by customizing how you appear to other people, contact cards, which it's interesting that they're, they're taking the idea of a contact card and just making it social. There's almost like a mini social network here.
0: Yeah, I mean, iMessage is a social network. Uh, it just happens to use your phone number as a user ID. Like, it it very much is a social network so yeah that does make sense that they would just extend it further like well we're already doing this with your phone number let's do something else with your phone number so the messages app
1: called redesigned it's all messages app apps almost look the same but that was a big focus um stickers everybody loves stickers as emoji kitchen proves um in, indirectly, by, by the ability to add custom... Uh, indirectly. By the ability to add custom stickers, you can now indirectly have Emoji Kitchen on your iPhone. Indirectly, yes, indeed. Um, I wonder if Apple ever brings that or whether that's like a fun Android feature that stays. Oh, that's 100% staying Android. It's one of the only
0: like viral things that uh, Android has done in recent years.
1: Very true. So the connect, uh, the tap, well, there are many tap features. Um for example, you could initiate share play, which is like a joint watching experience by holding two iPhones together and uh that you could share contact cards, contact well, contact details, by bringing phones together. That wasn't it's I like the direction that Apple's going as powered by I don't know, presumably Alto, Wideband, and maybe even NFC. I like the idea that you're able to share that you can make these interactions more physical and the comparison here is the now dead android theme, <laughs> um which is a big so big on nfc during what the galaxy nexus era but since then apple sorry google has moved away and its nearby share its proximity but, but not necessarily by touching and devices and undeniably like being devices together is such a more visceral experience. I kind of miss that. I kinda of wish that came back. I
0: mean, it seems like Google wants to do something along those lines. They're trying for UWB, they've been putting it in their devices, they've been putting it in their tablet, they're putting it in some speakers that are coming soon. Something is happening with it. We just don't necessarily know what <laughs> And I hope that it's more than Mm. just cast and find my device. I'd I'd like to see it used in more nice features like this. I'd love to see it in nearby share. Uh, Whether or not that's going to happen or how many years it's going to take, I don't know.
1: Mm. So yeah, um, so that's iOS at a high level. It's coming this fall. Um, Let's talk about watchOS. Um, So the rumors came true. um, Basically, the... Um, widgets, there's a big focus on widgets by scrolling on digital crowd. You get a stack of cards, um, that are about half the size of the screen that show, like, uh, the weather, music controls, um, stuff like that. And it's, it's almost tiles, basically. You can see upcoming calendar point. It's a mix. It's an interesting mix between tiles and notifications, rich notifications of that. Um, how do you use tiles today? I, I briefly we've discussed this on the podcast before, but I think this is a good idea. I,
0: at the moment, don't. <laughs> I think you've asked me this before. Yeah. I, I just genuinely don't. I, yes. I Yeah, I still have the default set from switching back from pixels 7a to 7 pro so i yeah i haven't even bothered to look at tiles they don't i don't know I, I i don't interact with my watch in that way for whatever reason i it's more about getting notifications and even then i've been kind of in a digital well-being sense focusing less on notifications and trying to be pinged less often so
1: yeah gotcha yeah it's I think apps again again, I'm sure I'm repeating myself here but apps and watches um, they are getting better especially on OS. I wrote over the weekend that stuff like WhatsApp like the Google Home app uh, Spotify is always good that there's some really interesting watch apps OS apps coming aboard and it's it's an interesting balance, which I I think that a certain category of apps that do well on wearables, control apps, music apps, um, audiobook apps or whatever. There's a certain category of apps that do well, but beyond that, I I don't think that the innovation is just there yet, or at least right now. I can agree with
0: that. I I will say that uh, Watch OS 10 didn't really impress me but at the same time it just looking at it it was obvious how far and away it is from what we have on Wear OS 3 today even on the Pixel Watch like it, it they're not even the same yeah. type of device almost it's
1: it's a little strange the thing that felt remarkably telling to me was that ha- apps have color now. right um it's historically all watchmakers, all smartwatches. They're stuck with black backgrounds because of a power standpoint. And in a way, Apple adopting so much color and apps now. It's almost like mini phone apps. Um, it really feels so much. The platform feels really so much more vibrant. And it's 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 almost Apple bragging that they can do more at battery life. They can make it more lively. Again, I don't. I don't think that there are that many app experiences that do well on smartwatches outside of, again, like weather and con- smart home controls, which honestly you could argue could be third part- first-party experiences, excuse me. But the, the Apple the Apple's watch apps are just becoming mini phone apps. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's good for them that they can advance it and it makes uh way OS stand out
0: so much. Right. It, they don't even seem like they're playing the same game. So I I I, I don't know. I've I've become unenamored with sm- smartwatches in
1: the past couple months. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's past the passive devices and I think health, which Apple correctly predicted will be a big is the big reason you wear one and just going forward um just a passive health correction device and there's promise in that but if if anybody can do a developer experience it feels like we're in that moment from uh, Wear os having its resurgence and apple making a very big deal out of these rigids of these light interaction
0: methods yeah here's hoping that uh the- any any experiences that end up getting driven by Apple Watch's new experience can end up being recreated on Wear OS. I mean it's a shame that the that that's the relationship that exists, but that's where we are so for now.
1: It's a back it's absolutely a back and forth. Um as we were saying in iOS earlier. It's an absolute back and forth. Um so okay, we've done the homework. Let's let's get into the crux of this discussion. Apple Vision Pro, Apple finally announced its augmented reality platform. Actually, you can start that. Tim Cook announced Apple Vision Pro and Vision OS as a brand new AR platform. Um, so the traditional definition of augmented reality is that you're actually seeing the world Um not to a screen, not to a screen, not to a camera projection, but you're, but you're actually seeing the world. And that's augmented by a piece of glass that can display images. That's a traditional definition. So what Apple's doing, you're very much looking through a camera. You're looking, there are many high def cameras on the app, on the vision, on the headset. And you're looking at it through a 4K per eye screen. And that's incredibly high res. Uh, And, but at the end of the day, no matter how good the fidelity is, you're still, you're seeing the world through a ritual filter. uh, And that's mixed, that's mixed reality. That's extended reality, uh, which is Google, the name, samsung is using is extended reality by the looks of it and google is immersive computing right i i mean what do you think about this
0: i i like it from uh, the perspective of wanting to be productive with it like i look at it and say oh wow i can just make my mac screen as big as i want and stretch it across however i can add fake desktop uh monitors i can throw four apps around my my uh, field of view or even beyond it so i can like have a timer that's running behind me and like look turn my head and look at it if i wanted to there's a there's a productivity to this that i find absolutely fascinating and that's probably all i'd want to use it for but i was kind of impressed by all of the different consumer focused things that they were trying to do
1: so the one thing i really did not expect was how hard Apple is going uh, as positioning Vision Pro as a replacement to heads to television screens and monitors and computer monitors. That's a really big push that I was not expecting. It's So the high-level augmented reality has two uses. There's, yes, if the ability to put floating screens in your field of vision that's useful for anything. That's that can replace your monitor, that can replace your TV screen. Um that uh, pair it with a physical keyboard or if you can overlay a virtual keyboard and you can just type in the air or type on the flat surface, that's that can generally replace a laptop. Um but at the moment and with with the fact you're wearing a bulky headset which you're obviously not going to wear out on the street it makes sense why Apple was just focusing on the productivity aspects on the, and of course the entertainment aspects of Vision Pro and I think that's it should have been obvious in hindsight but I was not expecting how hard they were doing the productivity focus and I think that's a bit of a b- big backlash, isn't it?
0: Um, what do you mean, as far as the back? I know that I know there's backlash on some areas, but I don't know about on the productivity standpoint or like even the entertainment. Like some of the entertainment things they were doing looked really good. So
1: the entertainment stuff is natural, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I don't know, just so, like the idea of people did not like the idea that you were in an office and you're wearing a headset and and with virtual floating screens that. I picked up on that. Um, Like, people saying they didn't want to browse the web this way. I thought that was a very big thread of yesterday. I didn't catch any of that because I have... yeah. I mean, like, I
0: didn't see too many people talking about it because there were too many obvious things to dunk on this thing for. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I didn't see people... uh, like because the productivity makes perfect sense to me if for a particular type yeah, of person. I understand that it's not for everybody and I would not advocate it for everybody, but I could see it being a good thing in in a work situation where you are at a desk, you are not working with colleagues because as soon as you start adding the social element, the whole thing breaks down.
1: No, but like it's funny that in the demos of Apple it it was everybody there was one person where in the middle of an open office or a studio i think that was wearing the headset and nobody else was right because um, anybody else who would walk in the room would be immediately creeped out by
0: the sh- person with the fake eye screen over their forehead
1: or whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah um Let's do the entertainment stuff before we dive into our new and future dystopia. <laughs> Actually, let's talk... Yeah, let's do entertainment first. And Disney, man. Disney. They got the best partner on Earth to... You were excited about the Mandalorian stuff, for right. example. I mean, that was insane what they were
0: doing, like integrating... I don't know. Just adding more to it. it, it could be distracting. It could be a terrible thing in practice. Be. But from just from the the little preview that we got, it looks very immersive and fun and it could just give you something else to do while you're watching television because some people can't just watch television so if you if you can watch television while sitting in the cockpit of a star wars ship and like press buttons and things happen (laughs) but the show's still going like that's that's cool I, i like that idea a lot uh but gaming oh my god, the gaming that you could be doing on this. I, I was surprised to see yeah. how they did gaming, though.
1: How so? The, just oh, the, the
0: pairing yeah, controller. I was surprised to see that it was controller based and um, kind of not doing yes I thought there would be so much more fitness stuff right because that's what Apple's they're, they're done well. Apple that's, health. Apple's done that very well they have all of everything with Apple Health they have everything in the Apple Watch I really thought that fitness was going to be a bigger thing here like I was expecting Beat Saber to be honest with you I mean Beat Saber's on everything I
1: wonder if it's too ha- I wonder if it's too heavy or these components are too sensitive. Because one thing that the Apple headset is doing, the lenses are moving automatically; they're optimizing to your eye. I wonder if you're moving real quickly, it would be very jarring. If it would be, if it would break the perfect illusion. That could be how they make the compromise work. Yeah, by by
0: compromising that. Angle of it, they're able to make so many other things work better because, yeah, I mean, like moving mm-hmm. around, I could imagine big movements like that would tr- would make the iris uh, or the the eye tracking struggle too.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that uh, there was that entertainment stuff like watching in the in the virtual movie theater, watching the wild. That's always that's a typical thing of VR headsets, for however long but yeah that that was productivity and entertainment um so the issue the criticisms that people are making on this i think let's start with eyesight apple put a whole other OLED screen on the external on the front of vision pro and that's kind of wild it's How much more expensive is that curved screen, or whatever it is? It's that must be adding tremendously to the cost, Um, all for the purpose of showing all
0: for the purpose purpose of showing to others what you're doing, or whether or not they can see you. Which is clever to an extent, but it's also kind of. I mean, they're 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 just outside of uncanny valley.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, it's. Oh, it's so. It's not. No, I don't think I can ever do eyes. I, I don't think I can e- could ever do virtual eyes and not ha- not ha- have it be creepy. It's just I don't think I could do that. Could you? Could you stare at the person's fake eyes? I would need to try it to know for sure, but
0: like just knowing that they aren't real and that the yeah, it's not actually. Representative of anything because uh isn't it like that you don't even necessarily like the 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 eyesight doesn't even necessarily follow right like I don't know because mm-hmm. oh man I don't know that's just, it, it it seems strange I get why they did it because they want people to use this thing and be present in the room a little bit or at least have the appearance of being present ah. Uh, something about it
1: I mean it's a good status in these headsets to pass through need these kinds of status indicators and uh, maybe this is better than just having a LED light on that signifies that you're currently like watching maybe it's that or I don't know maybe (laughs) maybe this will become a standard feature of all headsets maybe this is better than Having a light or pulsating thing, which I don't know, that might be enough to signify that you're talking to somebody. That you're actually looking at somebody. Yeah, but, I, hmm. I, they could they could have. We need to try. They it could out. go a different angle
0: with it too, and instead of even bothering with Uncanny Valley, they could just have fake eyes not not the weird emoji eyes, but like you know something um, a digital representation, something cyberpunky, you know.
1: Cyberpunky, yeah, that's so. For the past few years, going into this, I thought it would be emoji, the mean, you wear like the fox and the chicken that you can do okay. with on the okay. iPhone, yeah, and well, the iPad too. These virtual representations where you can like even record a message, uh, it matches your facial expressions. I thought it was going to be that, mm-hmm. but what they ended up actually doing for like FaceTime is you make a model of your face you foot you take you use external cameras to make a model of face and that becomes your facetime avatar the idea i'm uncomfortable with the idea of avatars
0: yeah PBH. i would need to see
1: it because i mean um
0: like h- how different do you think it is in practice from something like project starline don't they accomplish mm-hmm. similar goals trying to give a like i mean vaguely similar goals, but like uh, Starline is trying to give a sense of depth to somebody on the other end and represent that. Well, this is taking a a digital scan and I don't know. The tech must be there for it to work well because if it wasn't then they wouldn't be able to, to track your eyes to use that as your cursor. So... It must be there, but I would really need to see it live and in action to really get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. And the next thing was 3D photos. (laughs) Would you like me to play advocate for uh, our dear colleague, Ben, in this conversation? Sure, why not? So, because this... Headset has this incredible camera array because that it needs to use to be able to represent the real world around you in the headset because, again, you're not looking through it. It's cameras feeding it back to you. So since it can already put that to your eyes, it, that means it can also capture that same data, making stereoscopic recordings of moments in time or places that you've been... Uh, and Apple has kind of shown this as a way to like relive family memories. But of, but of course, mm-hmm. uh, many people, including our dear colleague Ben, have pointed out that that implies wearing this ridiculous headset with its fake eyeballs while experiencing tender family moments and and therefore not being as present in the
1: room as you can be. I I think this is... Okay, the idea of 3D images, I think, is inevitable. I think uh, eventually, I don't know, maybe your phone has two camera arrays um, that are far apart enough that you can do great, great 3D video or 3D images. I think I think the format, that's going to stay um, and probably be adopted in the future. So the idea of doing it on a headset is a bit overkill when I think you can eventually do it on your phone. I think Google, sorry, I think Apple added this feature because out of, uh I don't know, out of- They could. Trying to justify because they could and out of justifying and putting stuff and getting it out there that they're doing this and they can do it. And it's great for recording your memories. Um, on the street I don't the fidelity of this I I think we should record memories as high res as possible as accurate as crisp as possible and I think that if that currently requires a headset I mean it's what it's like you have it on for a few minutes I don't think that disrupts your memory or other people's memories of the event that much especially if the upside is so great so i would thoroughly
0: disagree with you because every single thing about a memory uh is first about you having been there not about the photograph that you took the photograph that you took is a way to call back the memory but the memory itself is made by being present so uh, the, the the eye contact and just the the removing that layer that is between your family and you that is going to be important i agree with you that 3d capture is going to probably become a thing down the line i i disagree with you about it being on phone i can see this being a tablet feature maybe next ipad has two camera arrays Mm -hmm. or next you know something even better for physical
1: distance right so
0: there's some there's going to be some form of that in the future but this particular method of capture in the way that apple has phrased it i don't think so more practical i think it's going to be way cooler for somebody to be wearing one of these while recording a a friend doing like skateboard tricks or something right like i'm hanging out with my friends oh my friend's gonna do a cool thing let me record real quick and even then real quick is part of the question too because you have a two-hour battery and you need to be able to turn the thing on, get into the camera app, and start recording. I don't know how quick that process is going to be, and that's going to be something that Apple will
1: probably be optimizing over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was one of the criticisms. Um, I guess the general, the other like big criticism is the idea of anybody wearing a headset and anybody wanting to disconnect from reality um I, to that i would say the technology is going to get better it's going to get invisible it's the end state of augmented reality is natural is t- smart glasses that look natural and that are uh, indistinguishable from any other pair of frames that you have so i i'm I'm, t- I'm having a hard time recognizing this this criticism that's very vehement uh,
0: I mean, yes, the tech is going to get better, but it's going to take a long time before it gets practical enough to overlay it on glasses, do so without generating a lot of heat, do so without having a massive battery that you need to carry around all day long. Uh, there, It's going to take a long time for these things to all come together. So in the meantime, it is just going to look like this for a while, and I can, I can see why people would be... Uh, reluctant and and Mm -hmm. yeah it it, but it does more or less fly in the face of all uh digital well-being uh, all digital well-being efforts yeah
1: something like that yeah um okay so that's that um what's google want to do is the next question um well the one thing that i hope they copy is
0: bringing every android app to their xr platform like i want to be able to just put yes. on my samsung headset and open the same app that i use on my phone maybe even literally the same app from my phone yes
1: They're literally the same app and it's it's in in one respect android's big tablet push as of right makes sense if if our Google and this Android-powered headset, which is more or less set in stone in terms of Samsung and Android have announced that it's coming, an Android immersive reality OS is basically coming, that's guaranteed at this point. And if it's going to run Android tablet apps, it makes the ongoing push make sense. So yeah, um, we're waiting for Samsung. So it's a partnership between Samsung making the hardware and presumably the screens and the cameras and the lenses or whatever. It will be powered by a Qualcomm chip. Uh, We'll see which one it is. And it's going to be powered by Android. So basically the OEM model, um, Android's historic OEM model is going to come to a new form factor here. I could see some success here.
0: Like in in one regard, the OEM model makes sense because Facebook has already been using Android for VR things. So it would make sense for other companies to be able to leverage that same same thing and for Google to put efforts into VR that end up benefiting Meta and then maybe Meta contributes some things back to Android. Who knows? Uh, The real question though, I think is um, whether, what they want their headset to do because the Vision Pro from everything that at least from the way that I look at it the Vision Pro is very strongly emphasizing productivity where Google doesn't have an ecosystem Mm -hmm. to leverage for productivity because...
1: What do you uh, mean? Like
0: okay, let's let's look at I want to use a desktop for a little bit. Like I want to use an actual desktop. I have my Chromebook, which is fine. Uh-huh. And I really hey, don't Kyle Android desktop mode. Okay. I think you're the expert on that. Great. Let's go let's do Android desktop mode. What uh, let's say I want to do any coding projects. Can I do any coding projects? Mm. No, not really. Let's say I wanted to edit a video that's coming it's, it's beginning to be here but it's still not great so
1: no, no I get it they're, they're, Yeah. Um, so it's the web though the answer to that is the web um, first we have to talk about Android getting a desktop class browser that's a whole yeah. thing which I think Android for tablets is still no please bring Chromia, Chrome OS or whatever Android needs a better browser, in 100%. But before that, uh, web apps, I think the issue... Well, no, not the issue. I think the answer is the web apps. Um, you have Google Docs. You have Gmail. You have that whole suite. Um, it was interesting how many of the apps... Well, many of the websites um, that Apple showed yesterday was... Almost one to one. I mean, hell, heck, they showed macOS. They showed, uh, using your full desktop mm. on it. Um, I'm not sure how optimized that is, but exists. But I think, like, like Google has always been the big proponent of web apps and them getting more powerful and WebGL and just all that stuff. I think there's, that, that they could be heavily that 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 could be a building piece that builds that leverages all the power of the web all of their work in Chrome and brings it onto a headset Um, but yeah in terms of like I don't know do they need to make a they need to make an id in the web they need to make a web version of android studio that's a very good point
0: yeah and honestly to a certain extent i think they do i mean there are other projects like that that exist. like microsoft has a, a web-based version of visual studio code so i appreciate that much it, i mean that is an answer yeah actually that that does make some sense it it, it start it puts some of the work onto the cloud and would uh help Make up for the fact that whatever Qualcomm chip ends up in it, it is not going to be an Apple M2 chip. So it's a uh, the performance difference no. is going to be obvious. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's good that they're that the web could be an answer to those potential things by offloading some of this work to the cloud. Do you think that they would leverage, mm, which is rumored? Yeah. Yes. Do you think that they would? That was rumored. Wow. So like the the immersive stream for XR platform
1: yeah yeah google earth for one thing and google maps immersive stream is like 100 percent like the first experience they demo in in the headset because zooming around the city that's cool for like five minutes now i think that feels like the d demo for google like they have that content though the buildings need to be a bit bit higher res i digress but yeah that's something they can do immediately um yeah, the cloud streaming. Um it kind of seems that Google's so Google Google and maybe its partners are aware of the limitations of what um like Apple Silicon is that far ahead. Um but yeah, that's the web again, how the web and the cloud streaming technology could be that's how Stadia uh, lives <laughs> no, again. No. Uh,
0: do we get points every time we find an excuse to say Stadia on this podcast? Yeah, why
1: not? Let's, let's institute that. <laughs> okay. So that is Alphabet Scoop for this week. Um, you can find us on YouTube and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and all your other favorite podcasting platforms. Um, hopefully we're back to a Monday recording and Tuesday post in the coming weeks Uh, but until then thanks for listening and see you next time see ya